Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast with Dave, Honky, Boomer, and Redcast Rob. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. It's good to be back with the core four of the Redcast tonight, fellas, and uh, lots are going on in the Husker Nation, so uh, let's get to it. I thought this was a fan forum, Honky. I was a, I thought I'm a guest. What are you talking about? That's right. Well, welcome to the forum, <laughs> Dave. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Also with Boomer. <laughs> well, I took a few weeks off there after our Elite Eight podcast finished last year. I was uh, testing the NIL waters, trying to get my uh, compensation up to Rob's level, and yeah, it just wasn't out there. Screw that. So I'm back. You're stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And we're also with Redcast Rob. <laughs> Well, for those of you watching, you might not see anything in my hand, and that's just because what I'm eating is a big nothing burger. Oh. Oh, oh. is that a reference to uh, the uh, sanctions handed down by the NCAA today or yesterday by to Nebraska, Rob? What, what sanctions, Dave? That's, that's... Oh, I see. Well, we'll we'll go into that a little bit here uh, later, but you're right. It's not a headliner because it's not that big of a deal. Um, but uh, hockey, there's a lot of uh, stuff going on with the red cast. Some of it, some pretty big deals. Uh, let's uh, go through and uh, talk about what's uh, upcoming for the red cast. Yeah, absolutely. Well tomorrow, and this is hot off the presses from yesterday, but tomorrow we have a special lunch cast. Uh, Rob will be going one-on-one with Adam Carricker. And you can watch it live exclusively on YouTube. So tonight, this show right now actually represents the last show that we'll be showing live to YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, Moving forward, we're going to direct people. We'll send out uh, links to Twitter and Facebook as we go live. We'll send out links to the YouTube uh, uh, channel so everyone knows where to go. But but we want to direct people to YouTube to watch it. So that starts tomorrow at noon uh, uh, Central Time. I would then, you know, honky really quick. Mm-hmm. I would like to actually see uh, Rob go one on one with Adam Carricker. It would be fun to see him get destroyed. I think a lot of Redcasters would like to see Rob go one on one. Well, I mean, you know, he he hasn't been feeling one hundred percent lately, so there's a good chance I could hang in I there for at least thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. You. I give myself. Th- I mean, he's six five, three hundred pounds in his playing days or something. I'm, I'm pretty sure that he would murder me. I, I'm pretty sure his hands probably bigger than my face, but. Who knows? You know, well, I guess find out. We're kind of neighbors. So, well, maybe he can waken you up and then uh, Tom here can take care of you because uh, this is, uh, you know, on top of talking with character here, we have Tom Osborne, the legend, Coach Osborne, um, on Monday, May 9th at 1 30 p.m. Central Standard Time. So, again, another lunch cast guest there. Uh, both of these guys are, you know, guys that when we started doing the redcast, we'd been like, hey, that's that's the pinnacle. We can just we can just quit afterwards, but we're not going to quit. We're, we're quitting. Keep going. What? Both of both of them could probably. I just take came back. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Tom I'm pretty sure Osborne could take, take me too. So yeah, Osborne could take <laughs> you as well, Rob. <laughs> He'd be um, kicking me after Adam has me down. So so those are our next two shows here. It's been it's going to be a busy week here on the redcast. 
Um, next up, the Day by Day movie, and uh, that's going to be starting in May 2022. Uh, you can go to daybydaymovie.com for times and more information. And that's going to be one of the things I'm sure we'll talk about with Coach Osborne. And, and uh, you know, I know they're going to be starting up some of the shows in Lincoln in like May 13th, 14th that weekend. I think it's at the Rococo. Um, so we'll have some more details on some of that as well. Uh, of course, as usual, our Hill Varsity promotion. Uh, go to hillvarsity.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code REDCAST and you can get $10 off your yearly subscription. And I'm going to put a link to that as well in the description in the notes of, of youtube here for this show i you know i'm learning all these new things dave I'm, I'm figuring them out with each week we're just getting we're getting day by day it's like a part of like the zoom chat feature i'm, I'm very day by day they have the internet on computers now okay it's yeah. pretty exciting yeah. it's really it's crazy <laughs> and then uh, last but not least our, our great friends uh uh shane and laura out there in elwood custom shirts and specialty items smack and smooch Give them a call, 308-325-2542. You also have the, the uh, QR code here. And, of course, I'm wearing my Go Big Redcast shirt right here. And, and we can and, and we can actually make those shirts custom for, for any of our fans or anything that they want. Um, you know, you can you can DM us on Twitter or, or send me a message, whatever, at, at, go, at Redcast Rob on Twitter. Um, you know, and it's just cost of the shirt and shipping, and we'd be happy to send you out some Redcast gear directly from them. So, so get you your know. name on it or something, Rob. I mean, like you'd be like, I mean, we could. I, I, you know, for Meg, we made her a, a special Redcast shirt Meg. where it had right. it, Redcast Meg. It said "Go Big Redcast" on the front, and then on the back, we put uh, her quote, which are, um, but I hate sports. Sports are dumb. dumb. Yeah, sports, or sports are dumb, are dumb right. or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, uh, I mean, we could do it. Shane, Shane's awesome. And he's, he's, uh, right. he does a great job on them and the shirts are great quality. So that's what's going on, Dave. That, that's <laughs> a lot. That is a lot going on. I mean, and, uh, yeah, I mean, having, uh, coach Osborne, uh, on is going to be a great experience and, um, a lot of fun, hopefully, for our listeners. And um, I'm sure uh, Hockey has a laundry list of, of questions already planned. Yeah, I mean, real hardball ones, too. We're going yeah. we're, we're gonna to try to stump them, you know. Nah. Hey, Hockey, just for the fun of it, so we don't actually bring it up on the show, could we uh, just uh, go um, and remember your experience meeting Coach Osborne in the halls of Columbus SCOTUS? You know, I, I brought this up on the fan forum last week with, with Preston. Oh, and... Uh, it was awesome. He came to uh, the school. We had a guy in our grade that uh, was actually a scholarship player, Brandon Drum. And so I think he was probably, that was why Osborne was there that week, just recruiting him. But uh, our football coach, Gary Pitts, um, I was like in homeroom with him and he gave me the heads up that Osborne's going to be in in the school. And I mean, I just lost it. I, I was running around the school and I, I would run into him a couple of different times. I ran into the, the weight room and he was sitting there talking to the coaches and I just go, Tom, and I yell, and then I run out the room. And so he had to just think I was a, you know, a bizarre lunatic. And then um, at the very end, after hours of this going on, I'm in third floor in English class. I'm looking out the window, and somebody or someone was looking out the window. And they go, Anki, Osborne's leaving. And I run up to the window, and he's getting into the car. And I yell, Tom, again. And he looks up, and I, you can almost see the annoyed face. And he just kind of <laughs> kind of waves. And I, and I go, good job, or good luck next year. And well, it's it's funny because um, I have a friend here in, in Greeley, which now you know I'm lying because I said I have a friend. But um, <laughs> she went to UNL, and she, and when she found out that I was going to be uh, interviewing coach, she 
she told me about how she goes, now, the only thing you need to make sure you don't do is don't chase him across campus when you find out that he's somewhere and start yelling his name and then run up to him and start asking him questions fully winded. So I'm not going to do that. Thankfully, I'll be right Mm -hmm. here. But um, you're not the only person who does that. Hey, Honky, what year would have that been? That would have been 95, either either like fall of 94 or spring of 95. And so the last time you wished Coach good luck on a season we won the national championship yeah i should chase frost around yeah i was gonna say we need to we need to get frost on the show then it seems pretty obvious (laughs) yeah jason yeah we do know who scott stinger is there yeah he was in our he was in our grade as well Um, all right question there from the crowd uh very cool all right well there has been uh you know a lot of news that has gone on last week uh between some recruits coming in between NFL draft, uh, even some uh, uh, some show cause nothing burgers that uh, Rob uh, referred to. So we'll get to some of that Trademark. here. Let's start with the uh, the tweets of the week, though, and we're going to start with we have a couple big commitments here: uh, O'Shawn Mathis and Devin Drew. Uh, so Mathis is from TCU, Drew is from Texas Tech, and they both made their announcements here over the the course of the last week. So they have. Um, Increase the the depth now on the defensive line, uh, just to give I guess some additional roster management news. Uh, since we last met as a foursome here, Damian Jackson, Casey Rogers, Latrell Novell, they've entered the uh, the transfer portal. Tate Wildeman, he's quitting football, and so yeah, Chris this Walker. is really what's that? Chris Walker, yeah, Walker. See, I thought Walker was gone like a year ago. So, so this is where it gets kind of weird with the numbers, and I wouldn't get overly worried right now redcasters one way or another but the last i see here and i've, I've got a you know the, the whole printout of it, it we were at 88 players on this and i see four of them that i know are gone that i just mentioned there's probably a couple more we, we're somewhere maybe in the 82 to 84 range and then we started adding numbers again by adding mathis and drew for the life of me i don't know what our exact number is right now and all i can say is it's going to be okay we'll, we'll be at 85 one way or the other when it gets to fall um, so I'm kind of giving up on trying to to exactly figure out where we're at right now. I don't think it really matters. Um, but uh, that at least is the the update on who's come and gone here just over the course of the last couple of weeks. And um, heck, you pay a guy enough NIL money, they can pay their own ride. So, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, not even an issue anymore. Exactly. One of the things I think that was interesting, and this was a tweet that came from uh, Arbitrary Analytics, and it has to do with Texas. Since we got uh, Mathis over Texas, and he's from Austin, uh, it says the Huskers have uh, struggled against Texas head-to-head in football over the past 20 years. Signing O'Shawn Mathis was a good win for NU. The rivalry between Nebraska and Texas reached its breaking point in 2009. How have the two programs fared since that game? And uh, here we have this this graph that shows, uh, or you know, this table that shows where they were at. And if you look at Nebraska and Texas since 2009, it's stunningly similar uh, from average points scored, uh, we scored 30.2. Texas has scored 30.6. Uh, points against, we've had 26.2, 26.7 for Texas. But uh, wins and losses, we've won 82. They've won 83. We've both lost 68 games. Uh, it's unbelievable. Draft picks, we've had 35. They've had 37. Um, the big difference is in the recruiting summary, and they've had 17 five-star recruits. We've had zero. They've had 158 four-star recruits we've had 72 and uh you look at that and i i'll even go into what pick six previews showed here pick six previews had a, a thing about the draft 
and how Texas is number one in revenue and top five recruiter, and they had zero draft picks. And, and the other thing, the other uh, tweet here, um, they talked about how the Dakota big three schools, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, North Dakota, they had the same amount of draft picks as Florida's big three, Florida, Florida State, Miami. But anyways, I'll kind of get off the, the tweets of the week here. Maybe we'll stop and have a little discussion on this. But first off, Texas, let's let's talk about that. You know, how close we've been with them over the last 13 years since leaving the conference. And yet, really, the the lack of success that both programs have had, and then now Texas, you know, having zero draft picks. Uh, Dave, I'll start with you. I mean, your thoughts on on all that as you see, see that. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I'll give, you know, Rob credit for bringing this up every opportunity he can <laughs> that, you know, Nebraska and Texas have very similar win-loss records over the last decade or so. So I'm sure he'll hammer that point home. Uh, what was interesting to me on that graphic was with the recruiting, um, I think Texas had 285 recruits. I guess that would mean scholarships that were given out in that time period, I presume, to our 273. Um, and so, Boomer, I don't know how the math works on this, but does that Im- imply that they've actually had more roster turnover um, because if everybody, you know, had the exact amount of scholarships and everybody went through their full career at one school and you'd have very similar numbers, obviously. Um, and Texas actually has had 12 more scholarship players over the same time period. Does that mean actually they had more turnover on their roster than us? That would be my guess without, you know, having a deep dive into the numbers and looking at it. But yeah, yeah. if you're, if you're offering more scholarships, yeah, that would seem to be the to the case you just had a bigger turnover and had to replace them with others at, at various times and i think that's intriguing because, some sort of limitations i've forgotten about during that stretch right, but i don't right. think we did so it just it you know we, we talk so much about how many people have left nebraska over especially in the riley and, and early frost years and all this turnover um but there's texas having the exact same uh number in fact uh, even more turnover than us i thought that was interesting how many coaches have they gone through during that same time frame well, it would have been well. what Mac Brown, Charlie Strong, Herman, and now Sarkeesian. So, yep, four and so nine. So, before four, and we had Bo to Riley, and I guess we've only had three, three, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting there. And I guess maybe the second one that uh, Brett with Pet uh, Pick Six said was the Dakotas and Miami and Florida and Florida State having the exact same number of recruits or uh, draft picks coming out of those three Dakota schools as the big three in, in Florida. Just yeah. seems well, bizarre. I mean, in fairness, the Dakota schools are drawing off two state populations. So I mean, <laughs> they've got that natural advantage over Florida, you know, you know, I, I was listening to one of the radio shows there this week. I think it might've been uh, Mike Schaefer talking about this, but you know, and actually I just saw it on, on Twitter today, like Vanderbilt was in town, right? I mean, like the Vanderbilt coaches were in, two of them were in Omaha. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanford has been coming into town apparently a lot. Um, you're seeing smart a kids. lot of recruiting, yeah, very two very smart schools, um, that need to have a wide recruiting net, uh, to your point there, Rob. Um, but there's a lot of um, uh, attention being thrown onto Nebraska recruiting here, and um, it seems like there's been a course correction. Um, I don't want to claim this is my own original thought, this was, was Schaefer's thought, I guess, was that there seems to be a course correction on from the rivals and 24-7 guys, et cetera, on how you're grading these guys. Because you look at the Wisconsin's and Iowa's and Minnesota's of the world, especially when it comes to D linemen and offensive linemen, grabbing two-star guys and end up being, you know, essentially all Americans that are drafted high in the NFL draft. 
And they're like, wait a second, we're just missing these guys. So it seems like there's some more attention from the recruiting services. And then also from just coaches in general saying, hey, there's a lot of, of, of talent there that we are not um, mining. And now you can go to um, the Midwest and maybe hit Kansas City, Omaha, Des Moines and, mm-hmm. and, and Sioux Falls in two days and actually get eight or ten recruits um to talk to you um it's not just a one-off thing right and there's just there's just a lot of activity i mean we see oklahoma state taking quarterback from nebraska for good yeah sake, so. I, I think it's one of those things where that was my argument for so many years was that the talent was here but if it's not identified and people aren't coming to see it then then it just gets missed it's not just that all of a sudden frost has just walked into a really talented nebraska all of a sudden what, what happens is and i mean you can look at the the in-state recruiting stats here and you'll see some of the same schools. There's two Bellevue West kids in 2024. And obviously we've gotten a number of Bellevue West kids um, now out, you know, from the last few years and other schools have come in. And when coaches come in and college coaches come in, talk to high school coaches and they're talking about some senior in a class by all, by all means that high school coach is going to say, Oh yeah, well I also have a junior. And then here Take a look at this sophomore, and we've got this up-and-coming freshman, and you build these relationships. When coaching staffs go years without coming here, those relationships aren't built, and, and kids get missed. But um, I, the talent's been here, and I'm glad that it's I'm glad it's being noticed. I know that this staff is going after the guys that we have here as hard as anybody, and, and I think we're going to get our fair share of them. And, and we had a great discussion on that last week with Damon Benning on Monday night, and I encourage all Redcasters, go back to our, our YouTube page, and we have a – um, uh, really, we we're segmenting out some of these videos now, so you can watch the whole episode if you like, but you can also just watch 20 minute segments here and there. And we have one that's a recruiting episode, uh, the recruiting segment with Benning. And, and we talk about that. We talk about the in-state and how important that is and, and what the philosophy is. And, and, uh, there's a lot of positives that are, that are going on there, but, um, yeah. And, and Dave, you mentioned that the, the Vanderbilt guy, um, Gosh, I don't. I, Benning had mentioned something about this. I don't know if it was with us or, but uh, that I think somebody, a guy that was coaching with South Dakota State at one point and had been a thorn in our side, yeah. bringing in guys that would have been like walk-ons at Nebraska, right. and he was getting them to come up there. Well, he's taking a job at Vanderbilt, yeah, and so yeah, I saw man. something today that a player from West Side has committed. So, oh, really? Um, because I know they're they're recruiting Caleb Benning. Yeah, it wasn't hard. it wasn't Benning, but it was some. I it, and I didn't get a chance to look at too deep into it, but I, it looked like somebody from Westside, I think had committed today to, oh, wow. um, to Vanderbilt. So, I mean, there's look that just, if that's the case, and I guess I'll have to double check this, or if somebody wants to look that up while we're doing this, um, if that's the case, then that's a, a ninth in-state kid going power five or having a power five offer. Cause as we look at these in-state ones, you know, we've gone over this list, but here's the seven that Nebraska has offered. Three of them have committed. Um, to your point, Dave, the um, the quarterback from Gretna, uh, Flores, he's committed to Oklahoma State. So there's number eight. And, you know, if some kid's going to, to Vanderbilt, there's number nine. So yeah. it's it's just one of those things. I mean, there's talent here. And I am genuinely glad. We're not going to get every one of them. We never have. That's revisionist history when we – maybe we can talk with Osborne about that on Monday. You know, Yeah, get, sure. I'm sure he wishes he had a, you know, a Larry Station or, a, you know, some of those guys. You know, that, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, who was the the Lincoln Southeast kid that was a '94? Uh, the year of Ty Ty Good. Ty Good went to went, went to Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah, yeah. Ty and Creighton, so Creighton Prep had a guy go to um, Notre Dame. That's name Tim Tim Ritter. Ritter. There you go. Yep. So so Caleb is is Damon's son, right? 
Yes. Is that is that far as so I know? Yes. If, if so, if he goes, but if he goes to a different school that's not Nebraska, I just want to be clear: he didn't even go to his dad's high school when his dad was coaching at a school. Yep, so that's right. I just don't want like Husker fans to freak out because we're not getting like you know a legacy kid out of that because this kid's like oh we'll freak out, known. Rob. Don't worry. No, oh well, trust me. I, <laughs> if you apparently you've never been on Husker Twitter before, Dave. So yeah, <laughs> I try you know, to avoid these, these guys. These guys will like freak out because oh god, there's another legacy kid that won't come to the school. That kid that won't even go to the school his dad was coaching at. So yeah, you I'm know, still rooting for Caleb to come to Nebraska, yeah, and he's a sophomore. So yeah, I mean, he could switch schools like time. nine times between now. Let, and let's then, talk so. about a couple of these players, honky, that are going to have a. a impact much sooner than um mm-hmm. Caleb Bending wherever he goes and that's it is O'Shawn Mathis and and Devin Drew I mean we we've lost multiple defensive linemen this year um mm-hmm. some of them appear to be uh you know hot property on the transfer portal themselves Casey Rogers picked up an Oregon uh offer um Jordan Riley's at, at Oregon mm-hmm. as well um but um it seems like we're restocking the cupboard here a little bit and it was necessary right i mean we needed to have some depth there and in the case of oshawn mathis an impact player as well mm-hmm. yeah i think that the the front seven depth discussion is really interesting and we talked about this again with benning last week where if you think about it the, the, the at least the body types you need that are defensive line body types you can actually need less in a four-man front than a three-man front because the three-man front, all three guys need to have to be basically need to be kind of a, a big defensive line body. Right. In the four-man front, you really need the middle two guys to be that, and your outside two guys can be Mathis. They can be Garrett Nelson. They can be, you know, Jamari Butler, Blaze Gunnerson. They're basically coming from what were your outside linebackers, you know, and your big outside linebackers. This is almost like 1993 all over again, you know, moving – Trev Alberts up to the end and Dante Jones and Dwayne Harris. So if you think of it that way, I started kind of writing up a front seven depth chart here. And with Drew from Texas Tech committing today, I kind of think of him and Colton Feist, 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 I'm going to have to, another name I'm going to have to learn. Um, I kind of look at those guys as one and two as a five technique kind of D tackle, someone kind of up on the, on the offensive tackle. The other D tackle, kind of the one, the three technique, almost an, a nose tackle. I can look at like Robinson, Ty Robinson, Nash, those guys really manning that spot. So, you know, think about too deep there. At DN, Garrett Nelson, Blaze Gunnerson, O'Shawn Mathis, Jamari Butler. Um, you know, that's that's solid too deep depth right there. We're still looking at some more guys um, in the portal, at least. I know definitely at like one of the defensive tackle spots, um, it's a start. If you look at those, then the question becomes Tanner, because Tanner has been an outside linebacker or DN. Think of him standing up and maybe being a a Sam linebacker, strong side, or or if they call it boundary now, um, I could see him kind of being in that position with with Henrich at the middle, and then at the will or the field linebacker would be Reimer, and uh, we've got a, a slew of guys behind him. Ernest Hausman, I could see definitely backing up Tanner. I could see Snodgrass behind Henrich. Uh, Malga Clements, I always – Va, he's uh, – I could see him. He needs to get on the field. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think so. The guys, he's, the guys he's are playmakers, so. Yeah. That's and great. then a wild card and all that is Kolarevich, which it looks like, you know, he might be in the JoJo position next year, that that nickel, but he certainly has experience at, at the line. Yeah, and that's an intriguing scenario there. I mean, I mean, he's test test out of the out of the world, right? So I mm-hmm. mean, like it's kind of intriguing to see if he could actually 
um, thrive in that spot. Uh, that's a, an intriguing idea. Um, yeah, I, I still could see a little bit more depth added overall, um, especially at the uh, the interior positions. You can never have too many of those guys. Yep. Um, but it, it's starting to look like something that could hold up over a season in the Big Ten. So, I mean, that's exactly what you want. And, and you know, I mean, look, I mean, if you want to be a pessimist, you know, hockey – You've mentioned this, and, and Rob, and Omar Manning is a great, great example. Sometimes it takes longer than one year for someone who, who transfers in to kind of um, uh, acclimate to, to the situation and thrive, and uh, there's no guarantee that it, these transfers are going to be a, a solution. Um, but if you get enough of them, you're going to have someone hit, and, um, and if you're not relying on them to be a, a full-time starter to begin with, uh, that improves your odds uh, anyway. I think, I think defensive guys, though, too – probably will get into a system a lot faster than offensive guys as well. I, I think that that's a, you know, and um, you know, one of the guys, the guy that I'll be talking to tomorrow, Carriker, he, he has his own podcast where he was talking a lot about this and, and, you know, how excited he is because Shenander's defense is, um, you know, with a couple of these guys that they've added now, um, he's going to be able to really mix and match the defenses a lot more than what he was doing before with like, you know, hiding, hiding different uh, coverages and, and blitz packages and things like that stuff that we haven't seen Nebraska do for the last two or three years. Right. So, sure, um, sure. and so he's, he's, he seems, you know, and he's a defensive guy. So I'm, I'm, I'm really going to take his word on it and I hope to talk to him about it more tomorrow and get some more detail, but you know, he really seems excited for a couple of these guys, and he seems even more excited if we sign at least one or two more of the guys that we're looking at right now. Um, you know, so so I mean, I I love good defense, so especially watching guys blitz, and and then I start thinking about guys like Nash, right? Like in the middle, um, you know, what is he like six foot nine, like you know, four hundred and eighty pounds like or something? Six, six, I know, six, I'm joking, not as tall but, as some of the but, other guys, but, but he's just huge, right? He's a polar bear, but I mean. Mm-hmm him plugging up the middle, you know, and, and even at sometimes like opening up holes uh, against the O-line for the blitzers to come through, things like that. It's just, I'm excited. I, I think, I think if we continue to build like this, you know, the defense might even be a step up from what it was last year. So, you know, mm-hmm. honky, if I was an optimist, I would point to something you mentioned to Damon Menning uh, a few weeks ago was that um, the transfer portal is a, a different beast when it comes to recruiting in the sense that you can take someone like Devin Drew and you have 900 snaps of a film on this guy playing power five football at Texas tech and saying, Hey, I, I think this guy can work for us. Right. And so um, when you do have an opportunity to offer uh, someone like that um, to come in and, and make an impact, you ha- no, have a, a lot more understanding of who you are, are getting actually potentially. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think you bring up a good point how in the past we've talked about how important it is for a guy to be here for a full off season. You know, the Omar Mannings, uh, you know, we brought up, uh, you know, some of the other players that have come in here, Juco guys. Um, these guys are different. I mean, 900 snaps at Texas Tech. Uh, Mathis has played an extensive amount at TCU. So those are guys that this is almost this is free agency. You're expecting these guys to be able to step in and fairly quickly um, adjust. Uh, what's the advantage? Both of these guys who are big 12 guys, why would they want to come here versus some, some other school? Uh, why did Mathis come here instead of Texas? Uh, you look at, 
what the NFL draft is picking right now. And certainly guys leaving the Big 12, they have a lot to prove by coming in here and showing that they can hold up in the Big 10. And it's not an apples to apples thing. Doing something at Texas Tech or, or at TCU against that competition and coming here, they've got a lot to prove and they've got to show. And I'm sure that's what they're motivated by. Mathis wants to show that he can hold up well against the run, be stout against the run when you're going up against, you know, a 400 pound, ten, you know, Minnesota lineman or, you know, the, the double tights and triple tights that you'll get from Wisconsin and Iowa. So, um, you know, that's, I think that's the motivation for those guys, but they, they need to be ready right away. That's, that's for sure. And, and I think part of this, this exercise that we're going through right now, going through that front seven and just, you know, I went too deep, but I didn't even get into the, you know, Messiah Newsom and Marquise Black and Raquan Buckley and Jalen Weaver and Brody Tagaloya. You know, there's, what I'm doing is I'm just, I'm throwing scholarship names out there and I'm doing it because, you hear it too much on Twitter where it's just, oh, my God, we have nobody. We have nobody. Our, our depth, what is going on? You know, we, Frost is going to put a team out there without a defensive lineman. No. Wait a second. You know, slow down. Eat some dip. You'll be okay. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna get some guys in here, and the transfer portal works both ways. We do have some bodies there, and I do think in switching that three- to four-man front, that can help change some of our depth, uh, you know, just move some guys around a bit. But there are some bodies there. And, and I don't think that we're done with the, the portal along the way either. You know, Boomer, you're our, uh, our Twitter expert. And um, the O'Shawn Mathis uh, commitment did uh, generate some interesting Twitter buzz, um, even from folks like Stuart Mandel of The Athletic saying that, you know, Nebraska lands uh, the number one guy in the transfer portal, at least at, at this time. Um, and um, some of that is, you know, related to the NIL implications of of Oshawn Mathis and obviously it sounds like his family was treated really well when he came here uh they really were very attentive uh hit all the x uh cross all the x's and and, and t's and all those type of things but um the NIL had to be a, a factor as well right and it's been interesting to see the the kind of twitter response to that I mean, they'll tell you it's not the the main reason they came to a school, but it's likely a factor. I mean, it, there has to be some reason, you know, you'd even offer an NIL, put an NIL deal together. It's there to help just add that extra encouragement for a player to come here. But just from what I've heard, I, I don't know if that was the primary reason he came here. He talked a lot about just the organization of when he visited Nebraska, how on track everyone seemed to be how they had coaches here already breaking down film of his talking about you know previous plays he'd done you know what what they hope to do with him i i think that was probably played as big of a role as anything just in terms of of how we were able to land mathis was just the the better organization that nebraska seemed to have on the coaching staff and and the way it was you know top to bottom versus texas which seems to be in a little more disarray you know it has been for years there it seems so yeah i yeah. think it was probably as big a help so yeah it's true uh Rob, did you? Yeah, Rob? one of one of the things too. I read an article about, and I and I honestly don't know, like if this is just kind of like for the papers, for the headlines, or whatever. But um, Mathis's mom seemed to have played a big role in his decision as well, because of the way that she was treated, and even bigger, he has an autistic brother who they included him in everything during that weekend, during the, during the spring weekend, they included his brother in just about everything, let him do everything that, that uh, Mathis was doing. And, and uh, his mom just said, nobody else gave them that kind of treatment. And all of the visits that he had, no matter how many times he visited Texas, they never gave like her and, and her other son or Mathis's brother, um, any kind of attention like that. So, I mean, it sounds to me like 
there was a little bit more. I mean, sure, I'm, like like Boomer said, the NIL is probably playing a factor in there, but there was some other things too that I think people tend to overlook or just don't get talked about as much that that's going on at Nebraska that's different than it was the last few years. So, sure. Sure, what was the what was the question that uh, I think Kurt Payne Boomer? Could you put that one back up? Yeah, I, I got it for you. I sure can. Right there. Oh, or was. All right. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> All right, we got it here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fighting over. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dave, what do you think of this? Are players realizing that are from Texas Tech and TCU that the Big Twelve won't be a Power Five conference in a couple of years with Texas and and Oklahoma going to the SEC? I, obviously, that doesn't have a direct effect in these two guys, Drew and Mathis. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, to your point, I think uh, the time frame for Oshawn Mathis in particular, which is really a one and done scenario here for Nebraska and even uh, Devin Drew, because uh, Texas and Oklahoma are still still stuck there for uh, potentially a couple more years. Didn't seem to have any impact on on their decisions. Um, Yeah, that is a good question, though. Yeah. What impact that will have? I mean, if you look at a school like Cincinnati, how many players did they manage to put in the draft this last week? Nine. It was. Yeah, it was a lot. So, yeah, nine, nine times. Texas Texas didn't put any. So it's not like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's a little little hard to to tie that together. Um, I mean, it's a whole other topic to talk about a, a super conference, mega conference type thing where a TC or Texas Tech isn't in it. Um, but that is is far enough away still that um, I don't think it's impacting recruiting yet. At some point, could. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave, one of the things that impacts recruiting, and we've talked about this in the past, is Nebraska needs to get guys drafted. I mean, that's just that's yep. part of the transition here. And we do have uh, some updates here from the draft last week. Uh, Cam Jurgens, can Cam Taylor Britt, the Cams, they both went in the second round, number 51 and number 60. Uh, Jurgens went to the Eagles and Britt went to the uh, Bengals. Samari Torrey snuck in right at the tail end at the seventh round to the Packers. And then uh, the uh, the undrafted free agents, we had Damian Daniels go to the Texans. JoJo Doman went to the Colts. Austin Allen went to the Giants. Deontay Williams went to the Seahawks. And Ben Stilley went to the uh, to the Dolphins. And we highlight, of course, our good friend, the Domans. Uh, both JoJo and uh, his father, Craig, have been on the Redcast here in the last month or so. Here's the the Dominator signing with the Colts. Uh, I'll start with Dave here. I mean, were any surprises there? Were you shocked to see JoJo not go at all? Anyone else go higher, lower than you were expecting? Yeah, I mean, definitely a little surprised with JoJo. I mean, um, I think, Honky, you were trusting your frustration there on on Sunday um, for the last several uh, rounds. I mean, I think he was probably the – you know, on Mel Kuyper's board, the the best available for almost three three rounds I from mean, from round five from round at the end of round four. So it's beginning of round five, he was put up on ESPN's big board as the best available pick for the last three yeah. rounds of the draft. Yeah. So it was, so yeah. I mean, I can't really explain that, but it's mm-hmm. the NFL draft, and you can't explain how Jacksonville took. <laughs> Took some guy with little to no production opposed to um, Aiden Hutchinson, who had tons of production. Um, but, hey, things happen like that all the time. So um, it, it happened. And honestly, um, you know, outside of some guaranteed money there, probably of sorts, uh, he gets to pick and choose his, his location there. And, and taking the Colts uh, might give him the best opportunity to make a roster uh, mm-hmm. on day one. Right. So it, it can always work out. I think there's several other undrafted free agents there that I think have legitimate mm-hmm. opportunities to, to make um, 
NFL rosters, if not uh, immediately at some point in the next year or two. Um, I thought it was great to see Torre get drafted. The reason why he wanted to, you know, transfer to Nebraska was to to get drafted. And even though it was at the end of the draft, it, that came through. And, um, you know, it's also great to see both both uh, cams get drafted. I, I, you know, Jurgens' video of, um, you know, blocking the – the cow is already, uh, you know, on, on national Twitter feed because of it. So, Well, Torrey getting drafted where he did, too. I mean, it's such a deep wide receiver class this year and I think going forward, right? And he got – the team that he got drafted to, though, um, you know, everyone's talking about how it's going to be – Torrey's can, might be the breakout rookie wide receiver of this class considering who Old. is going to be throwing the ball to him. Right, like you got Aaron Rodgers gotta throwing the, the ball to first. Torre. Yeah, you got to make the team. I, I mean, he's such a good route runner and and getting downfield and everything. I, I doubt he won't make the he's team. Smart. Um, and yeah, he's, and he's a smart, smart like you said, and he can catch. Right, like yeah. he's got great hands. So, I mean, play all the okay. So if he makes the roster, I think he will be the breakout wide receiver for this rookie class because Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. Yeah. Um, is gonna There's be a great. lot of good wide receivers that win that first round, Rob. There, there are, you. there are. I'm just, I'm just saying the combination of Aaron Rodgers and Torres, Torres is that. You know, Jurgens leaves early and goes in the second round, and it's hard to argue with the, those results, right? I mean, he could he have come back next year? Could he have went went where Linderbaum went in the first round a year from now? Maybe, but it's hard to argue with with the results of what he did by leaving early it's tough for like Austin Allen and Damian Daniels that left early, that still could have had another year and to go undrafted. You just, you hate to see that because first off, I, I, I mean, I'm biased. I feel they should have gotten drafted. They should have been on a team, but on top of that, you know, then you start to kind of have that. Well, what if they would come back I, Daniels in a, in this four, three, I would love to see Daniels playing that one, three technique. I mean, my gosh, he's sure, just, he's sure. built to take up three blockers right in the middle of the field. And, and, uh, you know, Allen, who wouldn't want to have him back for another year? But um, hopefully they, they make it, you know, make it work with the undrafted free agency. Hey, Hockey, that, that prompts a question just in the sense of, um, I mean, I mean, they had an extra year of eligibility because of, of the COVID year, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, a lot of these guys are, you know, 22, 23, 24. I read somewhere, I mean, JoJo age-wise, which might have been against him was like is essentially a, a third year NFL player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's players that are already entering their third or fourth years at the same age as JoJo. Um, you know, so and, and you'd also say something like Damian Daniels has has seen other defensive line uh linemen from Nebraska not get drafted and then make a team uh, relatively quickly. Um and so they maybe it was worth their risk in the sense of like their clock's ticking mm-hmm. already, right? I mean, they're like, hey, I, I mean, you only have so many years in the NFL to to make it. Uh, I think I can make a roster if I have a chance. Um, if I get drafted, great. If not, uh, I'll, I'll still have a chance to make it as an undrafted free agent. And if I'm in college, I mean, then I'll, NIL might have a factor at some point on yep. this where you're like, hey, I want to stick around because I can make six figures at Nebraska. Um, but if, if they really feel like they can make an NFL roster, um, every year counts essentially, you know? Yeah. And and that was something that, uh, you mentioned the NIL and that was, I was going to go there where does that eventually play a role with some guys that doesn't maybe keep them for one extra year if they feel like they might be a late round pick or undrafted. Um, I don't know. I've heard this too, where 
you know, so you're older and would the NFL look at that negatively or would the NFL look at you as being you're ready to go now because you have that extra that extra seasoning, you're 24, 25, and yeah. we only have to pay you a rookie contract instead of, you know, some of those guys, like some of those guys coming in right now are the same age as guys going into their second and third years of the NFL and they're already going into their next contract and paying them more. So could you be actually be getting a, a good deal on JoJo? Sure. Because sure. you don't have to pay him a you know a third year or fourth year contract. Well, I think I mean, so. I like it. Oh, sorry, Dave. Go ahead. I, I like that thinking, um, but in that case, JoJo would have got drafted, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I also think though I too agree. is that by the time you get into those later rounds, because in and Craig, his dad talked about this on the show too at one point where he said, you know, once you get past rounds like three and four, even, um, you know teams stop taking the best player on the board and they start trying to, and even in Mm -hmm. round four, they start filling in gaps for need, right? Like you see guys, you know, extra offensive linemen being taken, um, you know, cornerbacks, running backs, hunters for depth. Yeah. Yeah. Hunters. And, and uh, you know, it's almost better off not to get drafted in those rounds, right? Because you're guaranteed X amount of money. And, and if you're, if you're drafted and as an undrafted free agent, you can almost pick and choose the team and the, and the scheme that you want to go play for. Right. So if there's multiple teams coming at you saying, we want to sign you, you know, and I mean, I'm going to trust his dad being an, an agent who's negotiated billions of dollars of contracts with a B like knowing where it is. Now I, I did, I got into a conversation with uh, uh, Rob. God, I always mess up his last name. Uh, Zaska. Zaska um, yeah. And he and and on Twitter and and he was saying, well, you know, his dad, a lot of teams will shy away from that when you're dealing with the parents, et cetera. I mean, I'm going to have to believe him because he was an NFL player. Right. I mean, he played for the Giants and everything. But at the same time, I also think that, I mean, his dad isn't just like his dad representing him. His dad's an NFL agent who's representing him. So, you know, I think that there might be a combination of that possibly. But at the same time, you know, you get you get a kid like Jojo who has a great skill set, but he's also has a history of injury and, you know, and he's older. So it's almost better for him to be able to choose the system he's going to go play in. And, you know, and the yeah, Craig, Craig couldn't have been more upfront about it. He, he's, he basically said he thought that uh, Jojo could go as high as third round. He goes really the floor for, for Jojo is the sixth round is what he thought. And then he goes, and in reality, the floor is not getting drafted at all, mm-hmm. but he kind of figured most of what the feedback they were getting was, if you get the right kind of team that's looking for a hybrid kind of player like that and, and uh, you know, want to take a, a flyer on him, he could go as high as third round. And by the time you get down to sixth round, you're getting um, you, you're, he's getting drafted probably because he's just a good value. Why that ended up not happening. Uh, you know? Yeah. Matt, listener, Matt Solomon's asking, do you think they got bad information to leave for the draft? And, and Matt, I don't think that they got bad information. The thing with this draft class and, and Dave actually mentioned it there, like briefly this is one of the largest draft classes in the history of the nfl because of the COVID season so you had a lot of kids that were no longer eligible to come back to college that were going into the draft they're older players and you get so i think i saw something too that this might be one of the largest undrafted free agent classes that going into the nfl inevitably yeah Yeah, because you still have the same amount of draft picks and there's a lot and there is a lot of talent out there and like i said those later rounds they're they're more drafting for need as opposed to to best player available Mm -hmm. so so you know dave you you brought up you know the the covid extra year and as i was going through our front seven depth i mean we're still seeing it right now there are guys garrett nelson 
is I think he's got a grandkid now. He's going into his 18th season, and he's still a junior. Blaze yep. Gunnerson still lists as a redshirt freshman. I mean, these guys have been around, and we're we're that COVID year is still going to have an effect for for a couple of years, I think, to come. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they'll have to expand the draft. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Back to 13 rounds or whatever it used to be. I was just going to oh bring God. that up, Boomer. I remember like when I was a kid, I would sit down. Saturday morning, the, the draft started on Saturday back in the day. It was not as big of a production, but ESPN would have it on, on TV. This would have been mid 80s. And it was like, you know, um, uh, Boomer and, and uh, Tom Jackson. And that was mm-hmm. when Mel Kuyper really got his first start. And they would run through like, I don't know, five or six rounds the first day. And then like another five or six rounds. They might have finished it off on Monday. It was exhausting. Oh, they was doubling by rounds 11 and 12. They don't know who any of these players are. I, I, I watched funny. the yeah. whole thing, yeah. though. I was just watching it. It was riveting, you know? I was just like, and it was just became very, very fast and furious after a while. It was intriguing, though. It was really <laughs> who, raw. Who was it that TV. had the second overall pick, too? Was it the Jets? And the NFL actually got mad at them this year because when the after the first pick of the draft was made, they had they turned in there because they want to make this big production, this year? right? It was the Lions and and the Lions. That's who it was. And the Lions turned in their pick within a minute after the first pick was <laughs> made. Because it was and Aaron the, and the, there, and the, like we want that yeah, guy. <laughs> yeah, and and the NFL was actually mad about it because they didn't have time to make it such a big production. Because once they do that, like they have to go up there and they have to announce it and everything, right? So it's funny how that's changed, right? In all that time where before they're moving 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 now they are like wait a second it's taking too long it's like the anti-baseball you know where yeah. it's like yeah. yeah it's a very different production no doubt about it, it used to be yeah. um you know crusty white guys on these like folding tables and on some oh hotel God. lobby in new york city and yeah well everyone was settled around some phones the, the in their war rooms who yeah, board and everything the yeah. rotary yeah. phone in the middle with like the kids. team yeah. like a little card an a-frame card like in the middle of the table with their name on it i remember that cigarette yeah. smoke floating up through the room yeah, we were talking about Doman, and then you know we talked with Craig Doman a couple of weeks ago, NFL agent. And I was trying to find one of the the video clips from this, and I don't have the one I was wanting on JoJo, but I do want to show this one just since we're talking about NFL NFL coaches. I thought it was interesting what he said at the time about NFL coaches versus college coaches and the lifestyle and how much easier NFL coaches have it. Watch this. And I tip my hat off to college football coaches because they work crazy hours. And they spend a lot of energy and they have to recruit 24-7 within the guidelines of the NCAA. Pro football coaches, on the other hand, have it a lot better. Those guys get time off. They can work on their golf game. They can spend time with their families. They don't have to recruit. And during the during the season, they're as dedicated or more dedicated than college football coaches. But during the offseason, aside from this draft, draft evaluation process, they actually get a summer. Some of them get six weeks. Some of them get two months. You tell me the last time you've seen a college football coach, power five, take two months off. So Dave, you know, what, what are the pro coaches doing? The draft is over. Zach Taylor, he's, he's on the golf course now, right? I mean, he's, yeah. I mean, Cliff Klingsbury is probably just chilling in his sweet uh, house in Arizona or, or, uh, you know, um, I mean, they're all all, cruise right now. I mean, I I would they're hanging out in Tulum or something. I don't know. I mean, I I thought um, Zach Taylor had a a great clip there when they uh, he called up uh, Cam Taylor Britt. And that was really cool Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, I mean, some of the other coaches, hey, you got your Husker, that type of stuff. That was kind of cool. But yeah, I mean, I get it. I would imagine they're, they're taking some vacation time right now. 
Yeah. And, that, and to Craig's point, that's something that you never really get as a, a college coach right now. And with the transfer portal um, and with NIL, I think it just those complicate things from ever being able to really be off. Now, I, one thing we should mention with tra- with the transfer portal is this May 1st thing. And May 1st, there are some guidelines and, and regulations around it. And May 1st was an important date because you needed to have your name in the portal by then if you were going to transfer and get immediate uh, playtime this year. So in the case of like right now, I wouldn't worry too much Husker fans about, you know, oh my gosh, is this guy going to leave Nebraska? Is this guy going to leave? If he was going to, he probably would have done it already if he had any intentions of playing right away next year. So that is um, that is at least one of the rules that there. it's not total Wild West. There is some some rules and regulations around it. All right. Was there any questions there, Boomer, that we missed? Or I, know I think we got up. the vast majority of them. Uh, Brad Richards did mention, you know, he he kind of wished uh, he's had Jorgensen, but he later clarified that to Jorgens. And I oh. wish he would have came back for another year. Um, so you got that. And then, yeah, that was that was pretty much the oh, main so, one. I think we touched I mean, the rest. So. Selfishly, who wouldn't? I mean, I'd love to have Jurgens back. But, I mean, it when you go second round, it makes sense what he did for sure. That's about Yeah, out. I mean, he he read the room well there and mm-hmm. realized um, that I mean, he could only move up one spot, essentially, <laughs> in the draft, being the number one center drafted opposed to number two um, and, 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 and grabbed it. So mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to say no to that. I, I completely get it. You know, the, the number one uh, center was Linderbaum from Iowa, yep. went to the Ravens. And I tweeted this out a couple times on Saturday. The Ravens being an AFC North team, you know, a black and blue division with Cleveland and Pittsburgh and, and Cincinnati. Uh, you look at their draft and it was almost all up north. It was Notre Dame and and a Michigan guy. And the offensive line-wise, they got the, you know, uh, Attila the Hun dude from uh, – uh, Minnesota who's like 6'12 and 700 pounds a gigantic dude and and Linderbaum so I mean they were building that team definitely kind of in a big 10 northern mode mold which I thought was interesting because you know a lot of times you see those southern schools those SEC teams man some of those players get drafted up north and they're not the same player when they have to actually have conditions that they're not used to and the college football is so wonderful about taking all the the conditions out of bowl games and title games and everything's indoors and bowl games are down South. And it's just, it's refreshing when you watch a, a, you know, a pro game get played up North in green Bay or last year, the FCS championship games that were up in Bozeman when South Dakota state was playing Montana state. I mean, football, it's fun to watch stuff up North. Hopefully that's, that could be a discussion we can have sometime. uh, You know, when we do an expanded playoff talk, it would be nice to, to get some northern games. Well, we know nobody in the north has the facilities and impossible. ability to put, put on any sort of game in that kind of weather. It, it can't be done, honky. We, Denver, we Denver could never host anything like that up north. Or no, Chicago or Minneapolis. It, it can't, can't be done. move the snow off the field. It's very difficult. Um, Dave, last thing, I guess. This is the, the last part and uh, tweets of the week again. Uh, Nebraska, they did have the, the self-imposed or the NCAA imposed penalties for violations discovered in an investigation that began last year. Um, here they are. We have a one-year extension to the current probationary period through April 2023. There is a $10,000 fine, a one-year show cause order for the football head coach, plus a five-day suspension from all coaching duties during the championship segment of the 2022 football season. And uh, just to kind of give some idea here, 
For those asking, a show cause penalty from the NCAA means little in this situation because Scott Frost is already employed. And in the event that he were to work for another school in the next year, he would be subject to the same minor penalties. And then last but not least, a reduction of the number of football countable coaches for one day, one by one for two days of the practice during the spring 22 season. And then all non-coaching staff members will be removed from practice and competition for five consecutive days for the championship segment of the 2022 season. Hmm. Um, Rob already ate his nothing burger at the beginning. (laughs) This uh, now, Dave, you actually mentioned before we went on air, you thought maybe the five day thing was even a little bit higher than what you were expecting. So, I mean, are we making nothing? Are we making too much out of this being nothing, or is there something kind of to this? Well, I mean, it's it's very close to a nothing burger, but I think there might be some mayonnaise and cheese and other condiments <laughs> on there that give it a little bit of flavor. I guess. I mean, uh, um, I mean, it, it it could have been less. Honestly, I thought it was going to be less. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Scott Frost not being able to coach for five days at some point during the season, whether that's a bye week or. Lo and behold, uh, you know, bowl prep week, um, it, it still could potentially have an impact of, of some degree. The other one at the end there is that uh, all non-coaches um, would be, have that same five-day removal from from the program, essentially. Um, and we have a lot of non-coaching staff, um, other analysts and, and whatnot. Um, so I just uh, that is uh, – kind of intriguing i mean it's not the end of the world um the show cause thing is is a mute point especially for nebraska i mean if frost gets fired i guess he can't can't work someplace else until may of next year and none of us really going to care about that hopefully he's still in nebraska and and it's all good but um the uh yeah i mean the five days is a little bit more than expected but still not Mm -hmm. a big deal we do have two bye weeks next year, and I have the schedule up right in front of me, but I, one of them is before the Indiana game after Oklahoma, and the other one is, I think it's after Purdue, and it's before Illinois. So to that Correct. point, yeah, you, that's know, right. you, get done with, you get done with the Oklahoma game, you could conceivably take five days off. Yeah, wouldn't we all love to take five well, days off right after that? After I have a lot of forward, vacation left. Maybe we I could will. we yeah. could go the Twitter route and be the pessimist and say, well, you know, Scott Frost hasn't coached for three years already. What's five more days? But you know, <laughs> well, yeah, we could, we won't. But um, but yeah, I mean, you can do that and take the take the week right off after that <laughs> if that's how they they determine it. I, who knows the championship segment basically means anything from the start of the fall camp all the way to the end of the season. So, I mean, you really have yeah. any, any point in there, but yeah. I wonder, it, I wonder if he wants to come use one of my free rounds of golf with me and, and hang out for a few probably not. Like you can play with David. Probably not, run. but uh, no, I'm going to take um, you up on that run. Oh, well, I don't know. Don't you, don't you have some connections on there, Dave? You might inquire. Well, I mean, Rob, you, you know, you got yourself Carriker and, and Osborne on the show. I'm sure you're feeling pretty confident right now. Why don't you, you know, just reach I'm not, out. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I may have asked the producers of day by day if they wanted to play golf with me sometime and they're not big golfers, but you're trying the answers to always a, know if you don't ask. You're trying to get a day by day show out there in Northern Colorado, aren't you? I'm, I'm trying to. So yeah. And I don't, I, I guess I can kind of talk about it, but yeah, I'm trying to set it up to where they'll actually do a showing here in Colorado at, a local theater in Northern Colorado. Cause some of the producers are from but out yeah, there. And right? it wouldn't be for another couple months. And it actually, um, yeah. So um, Josh Davis, who's also a former player, he, um, 
Oh, really, he, Rob? Tell us. He more. lives in he lives in Fort Collins, and then Carriker lives in Loveland, and then I think the other guy though, um, he still has the four hundred two on his on his number. So I, I'm not sure where he lives. It might be down in uh, Denver Tech Center somewhere. But yeah, so those guys are local and they're expressing an interest in possibly doing some local showings. And I told them that I would inquire about it. So I, whatever, I it, I don't know. I, I can't guarantee that's going to happen, but um, I'm trying. It'd be great. I, I want to mm-hmm. see it. I want to see All it right. in the theater. Well, I don't want to see it streaming. So Well, and people, people want to see it. That's for sure. <laughs> I've talked with fans. Um, you know, uh, Amy, one of the Husk girls, she lives up in Montana and she brought that up. She'd love to see whether it's online streaming or whatever. And not everyone can make it to Lincoln Port. So you know, oh, it will a, be. It's going to be shown in in other cities throughout Nebraska and in surrounding areas too. It, it's yeah, already set true. up, but right now they're trying to focus it on the sure. on the premiere. So I don't want to take away from that. So absolutely. All right, all right, very cool. All right, hockey. Is there anything else we need to to cover? No, I don't think so. All right, let's uh, get out of here with some parting shots. Let's start with Boomer. Well, I don't have a whole lot today. Just that I'm looking forward to uh, our upcoming uh, lunch casts. I'm uh, waiting to ask Tom Osborne what he thinks of uh, the the increase in enrollment in uh, St. John and Newfoundland schools for the next uh, biggest jump in the next 50 years, the increase of funding. And wait a minute, did you say it was Coach Tom Osborne and not the Minister of Education of Newfoundland and Labradors, Tom Osborne? (laughs) (laughs) It's actually Coach Tom Osborne, the guy who coached out at Oregon uh, Oregon for a number of Oh, the Oregon Special Teams coach. Okay, well, that I can deal with. All right, yeah, we're good there. Yeah, Yeah. I don't know if we made that clear. (laughs) I I thought it was the guy that played for the 49ers. (laughs) Is there an Osborne that played for the – well, like – Coach well, Tom Osborne. I think yeah. he went from Hastings College to the 49ers. That's true. Yeah, backed up Y.A. Tittle before making his name that's, out in the Redskins. That's right. All right, Rob, what do you got? Well, I got tomorrow's uh, lunch cast coming up with Adam Carriker, so that's going to be a fun time. Um, hope everybody will tune in. That's a YouTube exclusive, so we'd, we'd love for you guys to join us, submit your comments, um, ask Adam some questions. I'm hoping to get some more in-depth uh, analysis on the upcoming defense. I listened to his podcast, um, the character Chronicles, and he's so excited about the defense with a couple of these additions. So um, I'm really, I, hey, I'll take all the positivity on this that I can take. I'm tired of reading negative comments on on social. So Adam and I can sit down and just drink some Kool Aid together. Um, and then, of course, on Monday, uh, the man, the myth, the legend. I, I, I'm still kind of, it's surreal. I mean, honestly, for me, like being able to like set this up for us and and everything. It's, it's been a surreal experience for me. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, And it's great living in Colorado. And I mentioned to like friends that that's what I'm interviewing and they're like, so, so, I mean, it's, it's very humbling in that way. So it's kind of nice, but I'm really looking forward to it. If we are all online uh, Monday and, um, and no one else is there with us. um, It would, I, it honestly, I, I would, I could die happy. So I'm no, I wouldn't be happy if we show up and he's not on it with us. That's so. right. We're yeah, counting on you, buddy. I should probably, I should, I should probably send fine. that. I should probably send that email. It, it takes him a little while to respond to text, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get him there. I, I still think it's pretty hip. Be honest with you. I'm, yeah. I mean, the fact that the fact my that my mom's 85-year-old Tom Osborne to text, is, so. yeah. I was going to say like the fact that an 85-year-old Tom Osborne is, is texting me back at all. And then he even has an email address. So, I mean, that's, you know what? I, let's get him back. Let's I start recruiting. It. We can get him back on the recruiting trail with us. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, Dan uh, Swobes, our, our graphic designer, he created this whole graphic <laughs> here, the champion, the, the legend, the coach. And, and 
Rob sent us a. I sent so I sent I sent it to him and just said, "Hey, do you care if we use this? Like, what do you think of it? Everything." And he responded and he said, "Well, it's a bit over the top, but if you think it'll work, go ahead." <laughs> it's very. I nice can literally think. I, I really I could, appreciate that. I read that the way Osborne would say it too, which is so cool. I yeah, because I mean, I, uh, man, and especially because I've been well, reading his, I've been reading his books, and his books are literally written the way that he talks. So it's like you hear this voice in your head and everything. I'm just I'm I'm over the moon, man. I can't believe this is happening, and I'll just talk about it for the next twenty minutes if you let me. So I'll shut. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna shut you up then, and yeah. then we'll let uh, Honky uh, get us out of here. I would say the over under is still a three and a half. Has not moved down yet. Uh, we'll see if Honky can hit the under. I think I'm going to go under here, but uh, I have a surprise question since we were talking about Osborne and his, his NFL career. Who was his roommate? Um, I think it was at Washington. Who was his roommate? So it was at Washington. So, And you may need to look this up, Boomer, when we're done because I could be wrong, but I swear this I heard this. counts this, so. as a parting shot. Uh, this counts as one of them. Yeah, it does. Um, man. Went on to be a politician. Oh, um, Jack Kemp. Yeah, I swear Jack Kemp and him were roommates. I, I swear I read that, but uh, we can verify after this. If I'm wrong, I'm, I'm wrong, big whoop. But um, I, I know he at least he was on the same team with Jack Kemp. Uh, as far as parting shots, uh, I, I to kind of echo what, what Rob said there, I'm just so excited. The, the next couple of shows that we have coming up, uh, the fan forum, we have a few more that are in the works right now. And I love what we did last week with, with Preston. That was a really cool one. Go back Redcasters and watch that. Um, really honestly go to our YouTube page, subscribe to that YouTube page, like a lot of our videos, like this one. Um, it helps us out with getting these things seen and, and uh, really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun doing this stuff. And I mean, it's been a lot of work too. I mean, you go back, you go and look at what we've done on YouTube now over the last three months, there's 60 some videos out there. Um, last segment and things up, we're trying to create it into ways where it's easily viewable for people in different, you know, time lengths and everything. But, uh, we, we put out a lot of content out there. And so really we're looking for people to, to be, you know, subscribing to us, following us and, and appreciate it and, you know, and keep, keep watching, man. We've got a lot more to come. And I, that was going to be my, my parting shot, but then just today, kind of late, uh, they threw one in, uh, somebody that we've interviewed here in the last couple of months, Steve Sipple. He made his announcement today on the Sip and Sam uh, podcast. He announced that he's moving on from the Lincoln Journal Star. Hasn't made the announcement yet exactly what where he's going after this. But, uh, you know, obviously, I, I assume, I hope that he continues to be very involved with with uh, Husker Athletics and, and writing about it in some, you know, form. He's just been awesome. I mean, I've been reading him for, for decades, and it probably one of the biggest thrills I've had was having him on the show multiple times now. We had him on well before we ever started doing all the video stuff, but that was one of the most, that anyway, all four of us were on that one with him back in March. And that was a great time. And in truth to the rumors, he'll be signing with the red cast honky. So. What's that? And in truth to the rumors that simple will be signing with the red cast or no. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, but you're our treasurer boomer. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've seen our account. You know where this goes. Wait, I thought we closed that account, quite frankly. The, the go big nil cast. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right, that was three. So hockey did hit the under again. So I really Gosh, need to move this yeah. down at least three, if not two and a half. Um, 
But um, all right, guys. Well, don't have show. easy money though, Dave. That's the problem. Yeah. I, I, well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe a three. Maybe there's more push involved, and maybe you, you think about the juice. You know, I don't know. Well, uh, Dave um, had his money on the under too. So oh, I took the under all all the way. It's, it's like this is at least the fifth or sixth time in a row he's hit the it's under. Fixed. So, I mean, look, there's there's trends. Uh, all right, guys. Bet on well, honkies under in Kansas football not to cover. That's right. That's right. All right. Sounds good. It sounds like uh, Osborne uh, roomed with Jack Kemp when he was with the 49ers. Correct. Answer Honky's question there. So. Okay. All right. Let's uh, get out of here and call that a go big red cast. Go big red. GBR. Huda Media Production.